Hey everybody, this is James, Marco, Nabil, and Mikey. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 166. It's quite a few episodes, guys. Just the number keeps increasing. <laughs> so today we are going to be doing our new segment, which I've some I just I I I called it something here. I don't know if you guys noticed. It's hilarious films forgotten in time. I thought that was a catchy one. So that's our segment. Hilarious films forgotten in time. <laughs> it's better than uh I don't know what was the other one like uh horror films as scared as his kids or something it's just direct yeah, very like, very specific <laughs> yeah like okay so try to I was like okay let's try to make it sound a little better for a title uh we have Nabil's pick of Stay Tuned the 1990, 1992 film today we're going to be reviewing that going over how funny we think it is and then we will be doing a review of The Raid Redemption which is from 2011, but we will explain kind of our thought process on some some episodes we'll be doing this year, changing up a little bit for 2024. So like we said, we, we do have some announcements, so we will get into that. So without further ado, let's get into our topic of the week. Hilarious films forgotten in time. It's the topic of the week. So Nabil was the first one up on this one, and he chose the film Stay Tuned from 1992. Sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I have something you want. A new TV? It broadcast programs no one had ever seen. Wednesday at 9, don't miss an all-new episode of The Silencer of the Lambs. Then one night, Roy and Helen Nabel got sucked in and discovered that hell <laughs> is one TV show after another. Let's welcome our new contestants, Roy and Helen starring in every show. I've watched enough wrestling to know one thing. It's all fake. No one ever gets it. Not fake. Not fake. So the, object, the object, Mr. Pierce, is to kill them before they reach the end. Oh, my God. We're cartoons. I am not a mouse. I'm Helen Nabel. I have two beautiful children. Mom? A parents are trapped in television. Currently sits at a 47% of Rotten Tomatoes. I, I mean, I say currently, but I mean, I don't think it's ever going to change. <laughs> it's not going to go up. <laughs> no. No. IMDb description is a husband and wife are sucked into a hellish television set and must survive the gauntlet of twisted versions of shows in which they find themselves. Directed by Peter Iams, who directed the, strangely enough, the 2010, The Year We Make Contact, which is the <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey sequel. Time Cop, which I, th- I think is a personal favorite <laughs> of a lot of us here. Yeah. And the Relic from 1997. So, What a combo. Mm. Definitely. I don't think I've seen The Relic, although I don't. I was thinking about that. I was like, have I seen that movie? I don't know. Uh, re- written by, this is like a partner duo, Thomas Parker and Jim Genuine, who did also Richie Rich in 1984, The Flintstones in wow. 1984, and Major League Two in 1984. They did three movies in 1984, just like their most notable ones, just so you know. Just knock them out. Director and yeah. writers just completely contrast each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like, <laughs> what if we told you this? Uh, this was released on August 14th, 1992, with a budget of 15 to 20 million. This only made 12 million in the box office, so this was a definite flop. So this definitely um, categorizes a forgotten film because uh, as we will get into it, um, not I don't think too many people will even remember this film. This was uh, starring John Ritter, the late John Ritter, as Roy Knabel, Pam Dauber, I want to say, has Helen Knable, Jeffrey Sounds Jones, right. convicted child, uh, 
<laughs> convicted uh, pedophile uh, is Johnny Spike. David Tom is Daryl Knable. Heather McComb as the daughter Diane Knable, and Eugene Levy in an earlier role as Crawley. So between without Nabil's going to take a stand back here real quick. We'll get all into his history into it in a moment. But for Marco and Mikey, I do want to start with you guys. Do you have any history with Stay Tuned? Mikey, start with you. Uh, actually, yeah. I used to watch this movie all the time with the family. I don't know mm-hmm. why we liked it so much, but we I've seen this movie probably 10, 15 times as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, though. So, yeah, but I've, I've seen this movie a lot, and my family used to love it for some reason. So, Okay. Uh, what about you, Marco? I remember seeing the trailers for this movie, but I don't think I have ever seen it. And when the bill mentioned it, I was like, damn, talk about memory lane. So, yep, that's oh, so my history with the movie. Some, yeah, you did get some memories, though, from it. Yeah, um, just from, yeah, from what I saw in the trailers. I was like, oh, okay, I remember this now. I have never heard of this film beforehand, just to let you know. <laughs> uh, like, never once. I don't even know. Like, you said you watched it a lot, Mikey. Was this on, like, TNT or Comedy Central or... Uh, for, for me, when we were watching it, it was on one of the movie, I don't remember which, uh, like HBO or something, you know, something like that. And my grandpa, mm. he basically just had a black box, right? Back in the day when they were super oh, yeah, popular. We all, did. we all did. So yeah. 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 So it's, you know, they had one of those and just, it just happened every time we went to my grandpa's house, like this movie was just mm-hmm. playing. So we used to watch it all the time when we were at his house. So it kind of brought back a lot of memories and such. Nice. Okay. So I, let's jump into the movie then. Uh, Mikey and Marco and I. What did you guys... Okay, so then, Mikey, I'll start with you, since you have the most nostalgia for it. Uh, what did you think, since you said you have not rewatched it since probably the early 90s, assuming mid-90s, what did you think about seeing, uh, seeing it again recently? So, yeah, I mean, watching it back, I mean, it did bring back some memories, some nostalgia from when I was a kid and, like, memories of being with my family and that kind of stuff. So it was kind of nice in that aspect. But the movie wasn't as good as I remember. Uh, maybe just because mm-hmm. I've seen so many movies since then. Um, I do <laughs> like the little... Like the little commercials, I'll say what they are, like where they were like playing riffs off of the uh, the movies from the time. Uh, it just it kind of reminds me of them. Uh, and uh, I did like those kind of aspects here. Movie as a whole, though, uh, it just it was a little different than I remembered. I remember it being really funny from when I was a kid. And in this time here, I did think it was funny in some places. But overall, it wasn't as good as I remember it being. Okay. I mean, honest review. Uh, Marco, what about you? Since you, I'd only seen trailers, obviously, and some slight nostalgia, at least. What did you think after seeing the movie? What did you think of the movie? And then I guess, I mean, Mike kind of jumped into the funniness. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second here. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, trailers never really are as accurate as they seem. And I remember the trailer for this being a little bit funnier than what I expected. Maybe it's just because I was a kid back then and like Mikey said, we've we've been a little bit uh, more experienced in film watching, but it was it was okay. Truthfully, it was all right. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a yeah. '90s movie. I'm like, th- this is one of those quirky '90s movies that they just like freaking had in a fever dream and just decided to make into like a film. Like I I don't know if you guys remember. Well, James probably not, but Mikey. Like in the '90s, there was just a lot of these weird, quirky. I guess quote-unquote family movies and this fits into that genre and i guess it worked for the time and even i was a sucker for some of them but like now it's just like hasn't really aged that well so i mean it was it was all right you know wasn't great wasn't you know didn't hit it out of the park but it was all right 
Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the 90s, so, but I, you know, probably more mid to late. I have more memories mm-hmm. of, obviously, because when this came out, I was only, what, four-ish? <laughs> Three or four, I guess? <laughs> so, I guess... Um, I was 11. Yeah, for me... <laughs> okay, well, okay, yeah. So then, yeah, that makes sense for you guys. For me, though, personally, like, yeah, I, I coming in completely blind, this one didn't really work for me. I do like the concept. It was very ahead of itself with... Um, mm-hmm kind of parroting the commercials. I did like that part too, Mikey, with the commercials and it's all because yeah, I mean we can get to somewhat spoilers here. It's it's basically kind of like a darker version, like satanic kind of devilish kind of things going on. <laughs> it's very nineties in a way. Like they even make like a Wayne's World reference and there's three men's and uh three men and a baby. You know that I thought that part was pretty funny too. But for the most part and it just didn't work for me. Although I could see why Nabil does like kind of movies like this. No offense, Nabil. We'll get to him in a second. Like this reeked of like I was like, this is the dry humor that Nabil probably likes, which is fine. But for me personally, I I really struggled to get through this movie. I think there were several times I pro- I, I knocked out for like 20, 30 minutes. I just had to rewind it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, I really oh, like the animated sec- segment though. That was really cool. I. I as a kid, I remember liking movies when out of nowhere a cartoon pops in in the middle of it, and I thought that was really cool that they kind of added that in, and like that's part one of the kind of quote unquote worlds, I guess that they're going in and kind of jumping in between. And um, I I like John Ritter too. John Ritter, you know, he was taken I think too soon, and it was nice to see him in a movie. Obviously, it didn't do well, but uh, this is almost like equivalent to me now, where this movie I agree with you, Marco, that the certain '90s films. This is a movie that I think would like be like on a streaming service now. Like they wouldn't do this yeah. as a big release, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that sums it up pretty well. So like on a funny scale, unfortunately, this one didn't work for me. I'm not sure if I gave this to like my nieces or nephews is like, hey, check this out. If they would even find a lot of the references, I think, because it's just so it's a little too 90s. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, to a point like they wouldn't they wouldn't understand any of that crap they'd be like what's this whole about this is kind of I mean, weird you know most of the things <laughs> they reference are from like the early 90s late 80s so like yeah. even some of them are like way earlier than that even so uh, yeah no one nowadays is gonna re- remember the what references was, uh what's the show that john ritter was on it's the most famous show three's company, yeah, three's company. Yeah. that yeah. was that i think was that was pretty funny fuck. right there that was hilarious yeah. that he's in his own show and he's like yeah. ah! you know but once yeah. again if, if you didn't know that you'd be like why is he going crazy? Right, <laughs> yeah. he even has a theme song. So I thought that was like one of the funniest I, parts. So Zan was sitting next to me at the time. He's mainly on did his you, tablet. Did but... you wake him up to figure out what was yeah. going on? <laughs> no, he he would look up a couple times. He would chuckle a couple times, but he did ask a question. I started laughing at that scene with Three's Company, and he was yeah. he's nine <laughs> by the way. And he was lost. He was like, "What's what's funny about There's that?" I was no like, way "They would know." And truly, <laughs> no, I never no, there was Cody, but I know the jingle, and that's why I was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I I gotta um, agree with you that the the cartoon part was probably the funniest part. I was chuckling quite a bit during that part. <laughs> yeah, what, did any other scenes stick out to you guys? R- really, not necessarily scenes, but just every time they went to a different quote unquote channel. I do think that that aspect. We, I mean, we're living in the era of multiverses right now, so in a yeah, way that, yeah, that sort of reminded me of that. So it, that aspect was pretty cool, and I I do agree that that was ahead of its time and and made the movie a little bit interesting that way. Yeah, I was kind of while I was watching it and seeing like 
you know, driving Miss Daisy kind of the, the references he did for yeah, that. And that's funny. Like, this is the dark stuff that they were doing. I, I was like, like oh, what shit. could they yeah. do nowadays if they remade this movie? Like going through, like get sucked into YouTube or get sucked into one of the streaming services and they had references <laughs> to all of them. I think it would be hilarious nowadays. I don't think they'll ever do it, obviously, but I think it would be great it's to have something like that. A little bit like Free Guy, I guess, kind of. Yeah, the concept of going between, I guess, online things and games and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, true. And, like cultural references. That's kind of, that's why I'm saying that I feel like this was a little ahead of its time with what it was trying to do. I, I One thing I'll bring up is like the last. 20 minutes, I think, are like the best chunk of the movie because they're doing a lot of like rapid fire shots into different places. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I wish they had done a little bit more of that throughout the film because I thought the first half was kind of slow with the pacing because they they go to places, but it's kind of very slow. Like you're in the segments for a longer time. But when he's jumping near the end, when he's fighting Spike and like he's going to Star Trek, then he's going to uh, the Western, then he's going to the uh, middle of old castle and then blah, blah, blah. You know, he just keeps going the driving Miss Daisy part. I, I actually liked the pacing of that. And I wish they had done that a bit more in it. So it was a well-defined snapshot of 90s TV where you have like the game shows. You have like Star True, Trek. Yeah. That was big right there. Um, you have the, those types of serious shows like Little House on the Prairie or TV dramas, which was that French Revolution world that they went to. Just just a little snapshot of, of everything that was pretty popular during the 90s. And it's 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 kind of interesting to look at that, at least. OK, so I do want to give it a star rating for funny scale, but we'll wait. Let's talk to Nabil now. He's been very patient, quiet. <laughs> He's um, biting his lower lip. <laughs> He's, that might just because of the it's freezing in St. Louis and trucks are just driving into places. So. Um, Nabil, let us know your history with Stay Tuned. You know, my, my history is actually pretty much similar to what Mikey experienced. I watched I watched this on repeat a lot on like the Black Box. I believe it was HBO that it showed up a lot on. And I feel like that was the main Black Box channel, right? Yeah, that I mean that's yeah. the one that was yeah. the premium that you could And then whatever included, your neighbor right? ordered on pay-per-view down the street. Right. <laughs> you can you know, yeah. tie into it exactly. Yeah, so I'm I'm I've always been a big fan of John Ritter. Um, sounds like everybody over here pretty much is too. And mm-hmm. yeah. this is one of the, the earlier films that I saw. He he did obviously did some other ones around the same time. Like I like Problem Child is another great example of a film back then. But this this one I had always remembered specifically what you just mentioned, James. The um the rapid fire scene at the end that part like really stuck with me. And I recall just even like thinking about this segment, what film to choose. I recall that segment is what I enjoyed the most of this movie. And that's what I remembered. So I hadn't really remembered a lot of the other films, but I re- recalled that it was, you know, the spoof film, the satire and the, the demonic tone and being that it was John Ritter and that rapid fire at the end, that's what was kind of, um, kind of brought back some of that nostalgia for me of thinking like, Oh, this would be a great film that I remember as a kid enjoying, um, back in the early nineties. Uh, well, that, I mean, that makes sense to build like nostalgia does play heavy on a lot of these older films. And I think it can be good and bad because I think a lot of times it can almost cloud our judgment on things because we remember maybe a specific memory or like people that we watch these certain things with. So that kind of creates like a, a facade where we're like, oh, it's like hilarious. And then you see it now. You're like, holy shit. Was I were, uh, was I dumb or something back in the day? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to remember experience. it than to actually relive it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So overall, though, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I get it. Uh, any questions for Nabil, Mikey, Marco about Nabil's pick? Obviously. No, none. I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, <laughs> yeah. what's what's your 
aside from from just the 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 last twenty minutes of it, Nabil, like any what else really stood out uh, to this movie for you? You know, watching it again, I really I had forgotten how much they lean into the satanic element of it, and being that it's a PG film. A PG film in the '90s is different from a PG film today because that, oh, that's a little, a little dark context for a child to be able to watch, <laughs> and obviously that went over a bit over my head as a kid. You're right; and they're just bad. Yeah, they're just bad people. You know, not really well, realizing actually, that this is that. actually bad in real life. So actually, it did line up technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, the, he could be considered devilish. Yeah, he was literally yeah. like the devil or a devilish figure in it. So yeah, yeah. Little do so, we I mean, all know, ten years from now, <laughs> not good for him. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, so that's that's what really kind of stuck out for me was the idea that it was basically you know them going to hell and he made a deal with the devil you know to improve his basically, life I guess. Yeah. I do like how the play on their last name Knavel is basically like Cable. Yeah. Oh, I didn't <laughs> the together. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's give it to the bill here. What do we think? Funny scale. You don't have to rate the movie itself because we're just going for pure laughs or like, you know, not entirely plot wise, but laugh wise, comedy wise, fun wise. I guess we'll start with you, Mikey, since you have the most experience with it. What would you still give this movie on a funny scale? Uh, I give it two and a half stars. It wasn't as funny as I remembered, but I did chuckle a bunch of times for the references they made. So I'll put it right in the middle. Okay. Uh, what about you, Marco? I have to agree with Mikey on this one. Two and a half stars. Just like he said, it wasn't really like making me laugh my ass off, but there there were quite a few chuckles, especially during the cartoon part. I unfortunately not as high as you guys. I still give this only a one star. So this will get an average of two stars. Funny overall. All right, Marco. So you will be our second pick here for our hilarious films forgotten in time. It doesn't really roll off the tongue too well. I mean, sorry, but we've already, <laughs> we've already committed to it. So, Marco, what this is, is what your is. pick? I know you told me you had something in mind. Yes. My pick is the 2002 film Death to Smoochie. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Okay. That is the Robin Williams and Ed Norton film, I believe, right? Yes. Two back-to-back films with late actors. Look at that. We're old. Oh, I almost thought you said Ed Norton's dead, too. I was like, I I think he's still alive, bro. Just because he's not the Hulk, Marco, doesn't mean he's dead. (laughs) Comic books bending Marcus again. Okay, so with that being said, let's move on now to our main review of The Raid Redemption. So before we start our review here, we here at the Movie Pals Pod are actually this year we're gonna do a couple things differently. We are trying to branch off a little bit more into older films that interest us. Or the let's start. Let's take a step back. Actually, a lot of films, as you guys know, are getting remasters. Not always in 4K. Sometimes just an HD remaster. I guess yes, you could say something like that. So 
we are looking into the older films. We actually, stat wise, I know Nabil looked at it too. Like we actually, a lot of our better episodes are ones that are kind of weird. I guess does that make sense? Because of the <laughs> consistency of that, we do reviews every two weeks. Sometimes, even though we do a newer film, sometimes it's still off a bit. And by the time it's uh, edited, published, and uploaded to your favorite streaming service, sometimes they're still a little behind. And sometimes people do not give a shit what we're talking about for newer films. So, <laughs> <laughs> unless the newer film in theaters is something that we really want to see or something that we think is interesting on our part, we're not going to force ourselves to just watch something in theaters just because it's in there. I think, I think that's a smarter route to take and because a lot of people for some strange reason actually jump in last year, especially into our deer hunter review that we did during COVID, which was yeah. a very random one, which was just because at the time, I think that had just gotten a 4k remastered itself. And we just talked about the movie It's something like, Hey, we all have never really fully seen the film. And I think this gives a, us a kind of a unique, stance on reviewing certain things such as for instance the raid redemption that was just re-released in 4k this last tuesday it also gives us kind of a physical media is something that is i think important to me personally and i think to you guys as well because it's something that cannot be taken away from us and something that can stick around as long as we watch it and buy it and arguably still is the greatest way to watch things especially with the way that we have our setups at home so I think if that's something that interests you, I think this going forward, we will be doing a lot more. It might seem seemingly random, but I think truthfully, it doesn't put us in a bind to like, oh, we have to watch this movie in time before we review it or so and so, you know. So what's your guys opinions on that? Yeah, I, I agree. James said this, this. If anything, first, you know, it brings life to old movies that a lot of people may not have seen or there's just not a lot discussed on it anymore because it's kind of passed passed away from time but the the added bonus of it being a physical release on a high you know somebody's going back in and reworking it and remastering it and we're able to kind of get the opportunity to to watch it with physical media kind of starting to wane out this is a great way for people to get reintroduced to the value of that and you know maybe even with our little review could help promote some some more sales of that because we want to we want to still see that medium alive and I, I will say physical media, a lot of the some of the certain brands are actually thriving right now. Criterion, Arrow Video, uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, um, Severn Films, all this stuff. There's it's the boutique labels are like jumping in right now where a lot of the bigger companies aren't, which is actually really nice. So and I think in all, in all aspects in life, you're, you're starting to see more of a revival of uh, physical media too. like I know we're a movie podcast, but even in music vinyls mm -hmm. outpaced uh any other format of of music media in yeah. sales and like a lot more and more artists are releasing vinyls physical media and the enjoyment of that so i i think that this will differentiate us from other podcasts as well too it you you'll you'll notice when we release these episodes too it's like oh they did something different and it shows the evolution of our podcast over the years too yeah definitely and let's say and in four episodes it doesn't work then we fucking just go back so <laughs> also, I mean, just taking <laughs> just taking the physical media part out of it, I, I agree with you guys. I'm not saying that's not true, or I don't, I know, kind of along, along the lines. But I find it very uh, rewarding to myself personally because I haven't seen these movies in forever, right? And yeah, just taking the too. time to go back and see a movie that I haven't seen and 
30 plus years or, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, it's kind of fun to me to watch something like that and re-review it, rethink about it. And uh, also, you know, looking at viewership, just people listening to us, uh, maybe they've never seen this movie because they weren't around <laughs> when this mm-hmm. movie was out, sure. right? Yeah. So yeah, it could be a brand new movie that we, you know, enlighten somebody on, hey, this movie is really good. You probably should watch this. And, you know, yeah. they, they take it down a rabbit hole, right? Rabbit hole of that kind of genre. So I think I uh, both physical media side and, you know, just the nostalgia for us and uh, maybe a brand new experience for somebody else is is also a benefit of doing something like this. We notoriously don't usually review older films unless it was something like a special or a marathon. That's the only real time that we've ever gone back to do something. I mean, like I said, the Deer Hunter thing was literally because me and Nabil and Marco were running out of ideas during COVID. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what the hell else do we do? Like, we did every James Bond film for Christ's sake. So, I mean, obviously, like... <sighs> We're like, hey, check it out. Now we're doing movies from fucking 50 years ago. So I think it's going to be fun. We have a nice little setup. It's it, The nice thing is that literally every week there's something new. So it'd be good. So let's, like I said, though, long intro into the Raid Redemption, obviously. But uh, let's jump right into it. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do, and guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS, that's T-M-P-A-L-S, to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. So the Raid Redemption was released in 2011 here. Actually, if you guys want to know the exact date, it was released on September 8th, 2011. Uh, The 4K remaster just released this past week on the 16th. So IMDB description is a SWAT team becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. This is directed and written by Gareth Evans, who also obviously did the Raid 2, the sequel in 2014. And most recently, he did the really underrated horror film Apostle in 2018, by the way. So this stars, and apologies ahead of time already, because these names, <laughs> they're all Indonesian, so let me try my best here. He I want to say Iko Uai, right, plays Rama. Joe Taslim plays Chaka. Ray Sahitapi is Tama Riyadi. Uh, Yayan Rahian is Mad Dog. Donnie Alamza is Andy. Ayang Darmawan is Gofar. And Pierre Gruno is Wayu. Okay, so I want to just start with your brief thoughts on these before we get into it. Nabil, let's start with you. What is your history with it? It's it's either the I believe it's the raid is the normal title. The raid redemption was the re-release when it came out in America originally. So so what's your we'll just for our purposes, because the title of the movie is the raid redemption on the cover of everything. What is your history with the raid redemption? This is a, a film that I remember fondly from when it first 
released in the U.S. because there's a lot of other type of martial arts, Eastern Asian martial arts films started to come out, like Ung Buck and Ip Man and stuff. Exactly, so this yeah. was all around that same time they started to come out and get like a resurgence in these serious martial arts films. And um, I saw this at home on, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was on DVD when we, we ended up watching it. I don't think it released in the theaters. It was just me and the family, my brother really, and I, we, we went on a big bender of all these kind of films during this a couple of years time. And yeah, I just had really great memories of watching, a, a reintroducing myself to martial arts because you know, the whole Jet Li, after Jet Li retiring from a lot of the martial arts films, they kind of just disappeared, and it was great to start seeing a resurgence of it. Nice. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Yeah, kind of the same. Uh, I was a really big Tony Jaw fan, so Ong Bak and all the films that he did. On his side, uh, kind of jump, jumped me into this one here, and uh, I mean, this kind of just picks up where Tony Jaw left off, right? I mean, different style of yeah. fighting a little bit, but same a kind bit, of yeah. genre of, mu- of you know action film. Um, and it, it's, it's a fantastic movie. I've seen this movie a million times. Like I've, I've seen it a, a bunch. This one didn't. A million, this one. Mikey? A million? <laughs> yes. I, I probably watch it, it every first. year, at least a twice. Million. So I, I watch it a lot. <laughs> so I like, I like a lot of the scenes here. It's, it's a great movie. Not 42 times a million. No, I'm just kidding. That's cool. Yes. A million. I counted them. Um, <laughs> you're like, I have a, I have a calendar behind <laughs> me. I mark it every time. So I got the papers to show, uh, the truth here. Marco, I understand this is your first time seeing this, right? Yeah, I'm the piece of shit here who's uh, never been cultured. And I mean, I've never even seen Ong Bak. So, I mean, <laughs> that, I know I just blew Mikey's mind away. These, yeah, these have been. Okay. Yeah, these. Add, I'm about to blow it in there. I, I'm not going to mention it here. I'll tell you guys later. But I, yeah, I have been told about these movies countless times and it's one of those things where you're putting your to-do list and you just never get around to it but this one in specifically i've i've been wanting to watch for the longest time and i'm glad that i was finally able to do it but yeah it's my experience with the raid man um just something that's been you know in the back burner for for years up until now nice no no i mean um I similar to Bill, I I didn't see it in theaters, obviously, but I remember when this came out. I was, I think it came out in 2012 out here in the United States, if I remember, and I was just about to graduate college when it came out. Maybe I don't remember, but it was around that time. Like I remember, like it got recommended to me by like a lot of people, so I, I watched it at home too. I, I I don't know how I saw it though, because it wasn't really like it wasn't streaming, obviously back then. I don't think so. No, I must have. I don't think I rented it either, so yeah. I don't know how the people, hell I saw it. Sharing. I might have given you the DVD. Who knows? You might have actually... I might have gotten it off the bill, dude. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> lying. So I don't remember... I just remember seeing it at home. So, yeah. Uh, that's I've seen it a few times. But uh, I... Although I don't think I've seen it probably in over like 10 years at this point. So uh, let's get into it then. So I'll go back to you, starting with you then, Nabil. What did you think about the rewatch here? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was there anything different this time around? I uh, yeah, I love the film still. I think it it holds up pretty well as far as the uh, the fighting. It's uh, if anything, it's it's a reminder of how great the John Wick films are. <laughs> Just seeing the fighting style in here again. I will say that I forgot how thin the plot was. I thought there was a bit yes. more than than what was actually going on because yeah. like the whole tower idea film. 
this is where that premise started. I mean, it's not like an original idea technically, but like with the martial arts aspect of it, it's been a while since a film has been made like this where they're climbing up levels to try to get to a goal. But um, yeah, I, I forgot how thin that plot was. I thought more actually happened where it, when we got to the end of it. Yeah, it, it was a it was a solid film. Great action scenes. Um, and uh, act, the acting was was pretty on point for from what i could tell considering that you know i watched it i watched it subbed so i got the original uh voice characters here we I weren't gonna I judge you if you did it no but i will say <laughs> the subbed version does have dolby atmos if we're gonna get a little technical here and yeah. that's the only way to get the full dolby atmos which is like i said it hits really hard in this movie so it's good um, yeah i'm gonna jump off from you with you with you there Nabil. like i i, I want to say dread came out the year prior to this right but this movie was already in production mm-hmm. way before that, so like, yeah, if they I, were because they released here, around the same time, yeah. And I remember a lot of people were like, either Dread was like the Raid, or the Raid was like Dread. Something like that is kind of interchangeable with how those storylines are, obviously, because once again, it is a tower film, which is like was 2011 and 12, like the tower movies. Like I don't know, but I agree with you too. I love the action in this movie, but man, the plot. My issue is I keep combining this movie with the Raid too. Yeah, so Raid was two. I. Yeah, Raid Two. I, I'll spoiler between the two. The Raid Two is far superior to this movie. And yes, I keep, from a plot I, perspective, I especially scenes yeah. from the Raid Two were going to happen, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's in the sequel." Because the Raid Two literally starts like from the end of this movie, continues on. Like, I think the last time I saw it was probably back to back. So I just okay. assumed it was one movie or something. I don't know. Once again, maybe <laughs> it's a storyline in both of them to make one storyline. So that's yeah, sense. no, the storyline I think in the second one's really good, where he goes undercover <laughs> and shit. But the one in this one is the issue I have is with the pacing of it. It's like whenever it's not action, it's like I just didn't give a shit. I'm like, okay, I get it. We're just trying to kill the fucking guy, so it's just fucking show me people getting shot. And <laughs> Agree, shit, right? Like, yeah. like let me see the more fucking fighting again, jumping off fucking walls and shit. Overall, I still had a good time with it. It's just I do agree with you, Neville. I I forgot how. I almost want to say how bad the storyline is. The storyline itself is like, okay. Like they throw a lot of the subplots in with like an estranged brother. I'm like, uh, okay. So like <laughs> I guess this works. Like very Asian of them to do that, to throw it in, like, oh, this is my brother, that's estranged, and but he's a he's a criminal and blah blah. So uh Mikey, what about you? Jumping to you, I know you've seen this a lot. So obviously I'm assuming you do enjoy this film since you've seen it a million times. Yeah, I love this movie. There's just something about like a pure action film. When you like, especially like how I watch movies, I'm usually doing something else while I'm watching a movie. Um, I do leather working, for instance. So when I'm sewing something, I'm not always fully paying attention to the movie. And these kind of movies are perfect for that, right? I mean, I don't have to pay attention to some kind of storyline that's going on. I look up and I see someone die. And it's just amazing in that aspect of things, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and this movie is the most pure action movie you can really go to. I mean, this like you guys were alluding to the plot is really thin. There's not really much to kind of worry about in that point. And there's yeah. action and all kinds of different types of actions, right? They have weapons, bare fist to fist. They have guns. There's not much not to like about it. If you're just in here for an action film. So yeah, I, I but like I said, I watch this all the time. I love this movie. I, I'll watch it going forward as well. So nice. I, I assumed uh, Marco. What about you? What did you think as a first time watcher? I'm not trying to jump on Mikey's nuts here or anything, but <laughs> I, I really fucking love this movie, dude. I, I really enjoyed it, man. I'm not trying to suck this man's dick right yeah, now. Yeah, I, we didn't compare notes before the pot or anything, but dude, this th- I agree with Mikey. It's a pure fucking action movie. I 
I know the the plot is pretty thin, but it fucking works, dude. Really, I mean, sometimes it, it's amazing when you can take like such a simple plot and turn it into something great. I, I think that's something that not all directors and all movies can do. Sometimes you can really fucking botch it, like Expendables Four. This one actually takes Which, that simple ass. Isn't Eco Y in Expendable Four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You which can, is, uh, which is shitty to see after you see him in this movie. You're like, damn, they didn't yeah. use him. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, holy shit! Like, man, this is this is the movie we wish we would have gotten. But it's it, it, so like they had Tony John that one too. Like they they literally had both oh, yeah. those guys in there. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you not have a good movie? So yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Is he in Expendables Four? Tony John too? He's the guy with the boat. Yeah. Fuck. Oh my god, he is. I forgot. <laughs> So you, I forgot. So this is a prime example of of two movies with similar thin plots, and one one makes it work and makes it uh, endearing. The other one doesn't. The acting was pretty good for an action movie, dude. Basing it just on a on a, on an action movie at all, like you expect like cheesy bad acting in an action movie. In, in this movie, it worked. Like it feels like real legit reactions, and the actors pull it off. The, let's not forget the choreography is fucking insane dude it's just so fucking awesome and um it's it, you know it, it's just a, a a group of people just you know just just beating the shit out of each other and it it just fucking worked man um i like the fact that it it really makes you question well i mean who are really the bad guys because i mean it's just like you know the the fucking cops weren't supposed to be there and yeah there's some yeah. malicious shit going on there but it's just like i mean e- e- you kind of weigh the facts, you know, as as the plot progresses. So it made it that much more interesting for me. That's good. Any what are the scenes that stood out for you guys? Uh, Mikey, Nabil, Marco, Flores, free for you guys. Anything? Any favorite scenes out of the what you guys rewatched here or saw? I guess technically. Uh, I call them the boss fights. Uh, so Mad Dog, which is like the right hand man of the, of the yes, lead yes. guy, he has a couple scenes that are just like crazy good fight scenes, and they really stand out to me. I think when he's fighting Rama and Andy in that room, that that scene's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, it's uh-huh. really good. Yeah. Dude, do you like how Mad Dog just looks like a fucking homeless guy? Like he's just like <laughs> <laughs> he's also really small. Like he's tiny and sweating. Yeah. I'm gonna break it to you right now, Mikey. All these guys are small. No, but he's like smaller than everybody else in the movie, and they're all small. Oh well, yeah, too, when, so. when everyone else is five foot seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Dog is there in the ain't no tall people in this character. movie. Did you guys what was notice that? that? In Raid Two, Mad Dog is a different character. The guy that oh, plays I, Mad I, Dog is in Raid I haven't 2. seen Raid Two in a while. I, I didn't realize yeah. that. Interesting. Very good to know, though. So, especially I, how the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? Isn't he dead? Yeah, he's he's not the same character. It's the same actor, different character. Oh, he plays two. a different guy. Okay, yeah. okay, that's what you meant. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Fuck you. Bro, yeah, <laughs> I kind of remember that, and I I remember when I first watched it, I was like, "Is this the same guy?" And that makes sense. It just reused. I mean, even the drug lord looks like it could be my uncle. So <laughs> every time he was doing, he just wearing a wife beater, not very fit. He just I was like, "Oh shit!" This reminds me of somebody. So, uh, no, I, Bill, I, anything? I for me, it's uh, the the hallway fight scene. Man, it's just you. You go from one freaking hallway. Like into like an a a 
across the intersection and you're freaking like going left and right and there's all these fucking dudes just attacking and the different tactics that, that they use i mean they're running up walls or they're using stuff from the ground they're using their their fists they're using weapons like anything and everything and it, it's just choreographed and filmed so fucking well they use different camera angles for different shots to emphasize certain like moves and it, it's just something that you don't really see in a lot of American action movies, you know, with the exception of maybe like John Wick. And which you can tell John Wick has got a lot of inspiration from from martial arts films leading. Oh, up. yeah. Like, especially these types like Nabil and Mikey were talking about like Ong Bak and stuff like the where the fighting just keeps going on and on and on. And it seems like it's like one guy versus an army. So that's that's very reminiscent of what John Wick kind of dives into, I think. Yeah. There's that and also the scene where where the guy with the machete and he had these eyes that I I swear I've seen on a bill a few times and just oh, made no, me think of him. The darkness right now. <laughs> he's just staring down. He's like very threatening with the machete and shit. Um, the, but those two scenes definitely uh, were memorable for me. Or stood out. Yeah. And, I, and I want to call out to the scene at the near the beginning where they're trapped inside the room for the first time facing everybody and they kind of That's all walk cool in a room. That scene, the way that whole the tension yes. in that whole scene, where no matter what you do, you're you're screwed. You know, somebody stands in front of a window, they're gonna get killed. Somebody standing by the door, they're gonna get killed. Somebody comes into the room, you know, they barge in, and then I just love how that ended, where he ends up, you know, doing something crazy and just taking out the propane tank and blowing, you know, essentially blasting, yeah, blasting up the fridge, like that whole sequence, because you don't know how. It's like how how things are gonna go and if they're really all gonna survive because they're all just trapped into this room and like where's the way out? Like I loved how that went from like the hyper action to like the stillness for a little bit and then the action again it would just keep going back and forth and that that was just a, kind of to what Marco was saying like the choreography choreography of of how they put that all together and uh-huh. made that set piece work was it was excellent. Dude, mm-hmm. I think it's like very reminiscent even like police story where Jackie Jane is just using the environment to his advantage as well. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we never understand why Rama can do all this stuff, like, once. Not once do they... You just, I guess, like, this dude just kicks ass, apparently, right? Like <laughs> He's just really cop, good. Literally, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. just... He just kicks... Even, like, even the drug fiend uh, mobster or goons all know how to, like, fight pretty fucking well. And, and it's just like, okay, this is just the world they live in, and we're just gonna roll with it. But the, the choreography is what makes this movie work for me. It just... Everything works. Nothing looks fake, to a point, you know, obviously there's some stuff that looks fake, but nothing takes me out of it where I'm like, oh, it's almost like every time Rama comes across somebody, it's like, how's he going to get out of the situation? And I think, like, once again, doesn't talk a lot, right? Once again, when they get the plot, it's like, okay, we're getting some subplot. Like the bill said, it's pretty thin, but the action is just, it just hits every single time. So. Yeah. Also in these, uh, I mean, both Marco and Nabil, you know, said something about some of these scenes here. Uh, they did actually make some pretty good, like tense scenes. Like the machete guy, he's like stabbing the wall, right? And yeah. yep. you know, I mean, and you're like, wow, this guy's inside the wall. Like, what's going to happen? And then the scene that Bill was saying, I mean, they did those kind of scenes inside of those stuff. And while they didn't really add to the plot, it still gives you a different feel. So you kind of feel mm-hmm. like something else is happening, and it keeps you into the movie, um, as James was saying a minute ago. So you never really come out of it because they have different types of action. And while the story is thin, it ha- it does enough to for you to just stay in the movie. So all those scenes that were designed that way just just make the movie better. Better. So 
I mean, there's, it's just, it's from the get go, as soon as they get in, I've always said this about this movie is like, it is pretty much nonstop outside of the few scenes where they're trying to add some plot to it. Yeah. It, you know, we got guys sniping people. We have people just kicking ass inside. He's going down floors. He's falling down floors. When he grabs a guy, I like when he gets the guy, jumps out the window with him and goes down like three floors onto like a yeah. fire escape. I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, it's pretty intense. Like, the way it's shot, too. And I can only imagine the budget for this film was not that high because I remember, I know in Raid 2, they get a higher budget. That's why things look really crazy good in that one, too. But. With what they use here and what they know, what they need to get done with just kind of showing off the action, it's 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 great, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I do want to talk about: anybody in the cast stood out for you outside? I mean, Rama, obviously, like I said, is like a fucking super cop. <laughs> he just 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 kicks ass. At this point, I just you know you see these films, you're like, do all Asians know how to fight like this too? <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty intense is any outside of rama i would say did anyone else stand out to you guys i'd say really just I, mad dog really for how intense he fights and just how calculating he is and how just overconfident he is in every fight like he just comes in knowing he's gonna win for example when he fought rama's brother he like de- decided like you know not to use guns and was explaining how he prefers to use his his hands and fists rather than weapons and stuff. And then he just, you know, starts, you know, kicking fucking ass. I was like, 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 we're trying to do a 10 minute fight scene here. So yeah, basically, yeah. Like, but it's, 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 it's the tension. Cause you've, you've already seen just how deadly this guy is. And he's, he's about to just go even more unleashed. So yeah. I, his character really stood out him. And I would say probably even like the mob boss, not cause he had like, not because he was super fucking like paranoid, but also like, I mean, hey, he was offering free housing, guys. God damn it! I mean, <laughs> I was just saying. To the drug people and his people, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, what else do these people have? They're low income housing. But I was like, geez, dang, he's just like, just kill these guys. You can live here for free. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't have lasted five minutes in that place. I would have died in that first room. <laughs> <laughs> I've been right standing too scary. close to the door when the shotgun went off. Like, well, I'm dead. So, and sorry, Nabil, you're about to say something. Uh, I was gonna say I really liked also Jaka. I didn't. I didn't. He's the sergeant on the team. I yeah. I wasn't sure about him at first when they introduced him. I was like, oh, he's just playing the the. I forgot. I, I thought too. Yeah. I was like, is he in on it too? I was like, yeah. is he bad? So. Exactly. But when he had his like, especially near the end where he's he's piecing everything together and he's just really upset with the, the betrayal that he had with him. And then the fight scene at the end of his his uh one of his last fight scenes, that was brutally, just, man. Yeah, it was really intense and able to go through. But I just I really kind of appreciated him more as the film continued on versus yeah. at first, I, you know, kind of figured he'd just be another throwaway character after a while. So I really liked the, his Jaka um, and his performance in there. I do want to jump in now. So we did watch this on the 4K disc that came out because I, I, I don't. Oh, well, there actually I, I take it back. There is a way to watch it digitally 4K. It's only on Movies Anywhere right now. Sometimes Movies Anywhere does that. I don't know if you noticed that. They're, they're, that's the only way you can watch it in 4K right now digitally from what I'm seeing. Correct me if I'm wrong. but I did I did see it on um, Apple TV. It was available on 4K when I... Is it in 4K now? When I was able to do the thing, the uh, purchase or whatever, redemption. Well, check that. I would double check that because when you redeem it, sometimes iTunes does not redeem in uh, 4K. I think it's only in HD. If that's yeah, the case, but I mean, you can double check. It's fine. 
but I think it's only on there. But for the most part, we well, we all watched on disc. What did you guys think? Um, I sent you guys a video of like the comparisons. The Blu-ray for this movie slash DVD, it's notorious for the color grading was really off on it. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It had like a blue tinge to the entire film. So they, uh, Gareth Evans went back personally and like his bit, I think he'd been editing this for over the last year to get this back to like what he was envisioning, how it should look. Um, what did you guys think of the quality of the picture and the sound overall? Yeah, me and Nabil were talking about it a little bit before we started the, the podcast here, before you guys joined. And I, and I didn't, I agree with him. He, he was saying basically, like, it didn't look sharpest as, as like 4K movies do, but I did notice mm-hmm. the colors. Uh, the, the colors were a lot more crisp. And I do remember like the blurring and the, and the blue kind of tint we had um, on the previous model or the previous version. Yeah. So that really stood out to me, and I could tell the sound difference as well. I don't know if we're going into that right now here, but the sound yeah, can, was really good. Uh, I, I watched the Indonesian version with the Dolby, uh, and I have a pretty decent sound system. So, and I was at the house by myself, and I was able to just crank it up and just listen to it, and it was just amazing. It sounded way crisper than it, than it used to, and again, the colors were looked really nice. So, I, I did definitely see the difference between the version I normally watch and this version here. So, and I will bring up the reason why it, it does not come out as crisp as certain 4k ones is that it's not a native 4k film. This is upscaled. Yeah. So this is upscaled 4k. So not all films that we're going to watch were shot in 4k. Obviously guys, it wasn't around all the time and it wasn't shot on film. So film, you can always upscale to 4k. It's amazing. So that's why certain movies from, especially if you guys have seen any older films of 60s, 70s, they look amazing on 4K. Some of them, not all of them. Sometimes we'll get into this more, but sometimes studios tend to do DNR, which is digital noise reduction, and it makes it look like shit because it smooths things over. Um, But we'll get to that when we get to that for certain films. But um, what about you guys, Uh, Nabil, Marco? Did you guys like the overall quality of everything or anything stand out? It looked fucking amazing. Um, truthfully, like I know it wasn't like perfect, but man, on the fucking OLED. Oh yeah, chef's kiss, man. It it, it just looked so fucking detailed, and and obviously, like I have no reference because I never saw like the original, but just like mm-hmm. from face value, it just it it looked fucking amazing for a movie that came out back in 2011. No, that's not that far off, but you'd be amazed how many movies from 2011 haven't really aged that well. So it's been 13 years, so it's a decent yeah. chunk of time. Yeah, exactly. So uh, just uh, everything like looked fucking, uh, you know, as crisp as it, as it could. And uh, yeah, I saw it in uh, native Indonesian also. So like, I agree with Mikey that the Dolby is just fucking pumping, dude. Like every freaking kick, hit, punch, drop, like, dude, mm-hmm. it was, it was just, it, it was fucking incredible. Yeah, and that is one of the benefits I think of disc compared to streaming. If if any of our listeners yeah. aren't aware, a lot of the time streaming still does show you things in Dolby Vision slash Dolby Atmos. Uh, Dolby Vision is just the HDR grading of the disc itself. Not every disc has that. Uh, Nabil, Mikey, Marco, and I all have uh, setups where we can do Dolby Vision discs as well as mm-hmm. Dolby Atmos sound. I'm pretty sure we can all do that. So. Yeah. Um, everything that we review for if we'll be able to see the best version of it on our setup. So rest assured, we are we are actually seeing it the best way we can for now until something We're else comes out one day, right? 4K podcast. <laughs> yeah, we are the 4K. We're just trying. <laughs> We're pivoting, okay, guys? We're fucking pivoting. But the nice thing about it too is that with 
streaming a lot of times they even though they they have Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision, they're very compressed still. So that is why you see certain things is called noise and a lot of times, especially with sound on streaming, sound on streaming is notoriously not as good as disc. Um, yep. Just like a lot of streaming music is not as good as either vinyl or uh, CD quality still a lot of times with bit rates. So it all depends. Vinyl. Some, some discs, yeah. th- once again, though, all discs are not created equal. So some sound great, some don't. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the biggest things for this particular film that really stood out. Like Mike had mentioned, we were talking about the visual quality of it. Like, it looks great. Don't get me wrong. But like... When we had done the um, Godfather reviews, I'd seen the Godfather films in 4K, and that, because it was shot in film, and the way that they put that onto the disc, like that was a very noticeable difference on how great that quality is, even compared to, I was going back and forth a little bit between that and streaming, um, and you could see the difference there. And this one was so excellent, but it's not quite at that level in comparison because of the upscaling, but... The sound, the sound quality, especially for this kind of film, every punch landed. You could hear that hit. You could, you can see that you can, you can see the visualization of the guns moving around and different sounds that were coming from that. Like it sounded excellent. And that if, if you're not getting one thing from this film, you're going to get the other thing. And the sound definitely like stood out the most. So, and, and then I know we haven't really talked about that either, but the soundtrack itself was just, you know, the, the score that they had over here on, on here, because, um, yes, there was the two versions of the original release in Indonesia. And then we got the one that was, um, released as well from uh, one of the the singers in uh, or the bandmates of uh, Lincoln Park did the score for the film and mm-hmm. yep and that was just added even that much more intensity to the film that really got you amped that music that they they put into it yeah i i, I agree with you guys I, i'm really glad you guys uh, had a great time with this one let's get into our ratings and we're going to go into a brief spoiler section there's not much to spoil here it's really more just tying it all up what would you rate this movie on a scale of 1 through 5 Star rating. Mikey, go ahead. You start us off. Uh, I give it a four. And if you haven't seen this movie and you're an action fan, please go watch it. It's top notch for sure. Definitely. Uh, Nabil, what's your rating? I also give this a four. And Marco, what is your rating? Four and a half stars. This movie is fucking fantastic. And I highly recommend it, obviously. Dude, I, I seriously want you to... You need to stop everything you're doing after this tonight and watch The Raid 2, please. For the love of God. I, I do it. I, I want to. I was like, fuck, now I want to on your list now. Just to let you know, like, dude, especially since this is fresh in your mind still, like, jump right into it. You'll love it, dude. Uh, I give this one three and a half stars. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed rewatching this. This was a great movie to add to my collection as well for 4K discs. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more sections with it as well. We're going to jump briefly into spoiler sections. Like I said, there's not much more to go over here. So if you want to skip ahead, if you're deciding to watch this, we're not going to go over much here. So and uh, see what we are reviewing next. So let's jump right into the spoiler section, guys. I This is going to be more of like a two for... We kind of already revealed Andy is Rama's brother. That is one of the things that I just want to bring up that was a little weak because I didn't even think it was really necessary. But I guess it adds a bit no. of like story or kind of momentum for Rama to do what he's doing because he's trying to bring his brother back, right? So any, did that stick out to you guys? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I will say that I didn't think that it w- it landed the way they wanted it to because, like, there was a dr- at first it was trying to get at you know get mad or not mad dog but the drug lord Tama, but 
as he, you know, they found out that they were outnumbered and he was trying to escape, Rama's whole thing with his brother being there, Andy saying that, oh, well, let's get you out, just seemed like they kind of tacked that on and he just needed another reason to save somebody since everybody else has been lost. I was like, you didn't really need that. It would have been fine, you know, just to get him out of there and, and try to survive with the sergeant that he had before he died. Like, yeah, I felt like that was a, that was just there to try to do something with that plot. I, at first, didn't really understand what the point of that was, but later on, I, I do like the the contrast of that. Like, it wasn't necessary up until you see the contrast of two different worlds. One's a cop, one's, you know, a quote-unquote criminal, whatever. And no, he's a criminal, yeah. It, it shows, like, he asked him, what do you do this? And he's like, this is what I'm good at. You're good at this. This is what I'm good yeah. at. This is where I'm, you're the professional in, you know, as a cop, I'm a professional in, in what I do and doing, you know, illegal shit and stuff yeah. and it, I just do like that contrast well at the same time you're looking at both sides and it's like well the cops are serving an illegal warrant you know in order to make another rival gang you know richer and more powerful yeah. so it, it, it's like they're they're both being used you know from in one way or another and I liked how it showed that yeah and I like the interaction at the end actually I will add to that where they he kind of tells him to come with them but he's like you know the, he understands that that's I don't know if the little memory's hitting me here but not part of his world right so like yeah. <laughs> he has to like spread apart and it's like nah you know so I, I like that interaction at the end so sorry yeah. Mike go ahead oh yeah no I was actually gonna basically say exactly what you said here uh, that scene itself in his apartment building or his apartment room uh, it, while itself wasn't the greatest scene and, and maybe wasn't needed. It does set up things for the future uh, that you kind of see. I mean, yeah, obviously the mad dog fight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you couldn't happen without it. You you see the crime boss, uh, Tama kind of turn on him a little bit and stabs him, or I think mad dog actually stabs him in the hand. Right. Yeah, so it does, sets yeah. up future. And it also, like you guys said, the, the ending is very, Hey, you do your thing. I do my thing kind of thing. And, and when you think about it, he's actually the new crime Lord. Because he was the second right hand man, right? So he's yeah. the whole building is his. So it's like he's taking over as the new crime boss for whatever that gang is. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that have developed out of that. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, my mediocre. I, scene. And I want to say that leads into some stuff that happens in the second movie too. By the way, so cool. Uh, speaking of corrupt cops, then we have Lieutenant Wahyu or Wahoo, I believe. It's real that he is the one that, you know, this was not a sanctioned um, raid and that he basically doing this because he's he's got some skeletons in his own closet there, basically. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of figured from the beginning that he was bad because it just seemed like he was the one guy off. And it's always when you see somebody that's not wearing the all kid? the same clothes. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that too. Yeah, shit. He also <laughs> looks the strangest out of everyone, by the way. At times, I didn't realize he was Indonesian. Yeah. I was like, this guy yeah. I kept thinking, it's like, do I know it from another show? Dude, same here. <laughs> then I, no, I don't. I looked it up. I was like, never mind. He's in the second movie. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, fuck. You know, so th- once again, I felt like out of anything, at least his betrayal, it was very like apparent, but um, that moved the plot along with kind of adding to like what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I didn't mind that. So anything other spoiler wise, like I said, there's not much left to spoil on this movie. There's it's very straightforward. So anything else? Any closing thoughts, guys? I, I do like how the the corrupt uh, lieutenant, like at the end, realized he was fucked and he just 
He kills the drug. He just kills him anyway. He's like, I'm fucked either way. So why would I let Dude, you I live? Thinking, just, though, I was like, how many bullets does that fucking yeah. pistol have? Yeah. Even then, I was like, I, was I think he's bullets. Out. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's out. Right? Yeah. Yep. Now the same thing to Bill. I was like, he's got to be out. So he's out, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> He's <laughs> getting fucking Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. man, I got that reference. I was thinking that and a little bit of fucking Dirty Harry. He's like, how many did I shoot? Are you feeling lucky? All right. So, guys, that is the end of our review of the Raid Redemption. Um, we all actually really enjoyed it and we recommend checking it out. Uh, Nabil has verified it is digitally available now in 4K. So, if you do not want to pick up the disc, it is uh, available now also on probably all major streaming if iTunes update it. Sometimes. They don't always update at the same time, so obviously it took them a while, but it's on there now. So, uh, with that being in the podcast, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moviepalspod. Thank you, and make sure to smash that subscribe button. So you'll never miss an episode in standard HD or in 4K. Make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode, episode number 167, where we will be reviewing Argyle, as well as our next pick for the hilarious films Forgotten in Time by Marco, Death to Smoochie. Thanks to Bill. Until next time, this is James, Marco, Nabil, and Mikey. Have a great one.